0: Welcome to another week of Unmentionable Podcast, where you get your exclusive information on the well-being of Dr. Eileen Davila, her scarf, <laughs> her vagina, and what they're planning next for us. Weird. Exactly. I, 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 there was an article today about central bank digital currency coming to Canada. Oh, yeah? Is it? A, is it a conspiracy theory if it came up, I don't know, 11 months ago on this show and is now in the press? Don't know. Coming up on the program completely unrelated to that uh, is the holistic nick at the holistic nick on twitter on instagram on tiktok nick is a i don't know how old he is 20 something he looks skin's tight yeah that's how you know when you start getting where i am (laughs) people are just you see young people just it's tighter things are just tighter So Nick's a 20-something-year-old guy. He lives in Miami, and he cured his ulcerative colitis. We don't say cured, but his ulcerative colitis is in remission. It's an inflammatory bowel disease. I, myself, to reiterate for the 12th time, was able to put my ulcerative colitis into remission after 18 years. I had it when I was 18 years old. You can do the math. And I... Also, at the same time of doing that and and getting rid of that, pretty much got rid of the depression anxiety, anxiety that had plagued me at parts in my life, so I wanted to have Nick on the program to talk about how he got over his ulcerative colitis, how I got over mine, and then we tried to phrase it in a way that is more universal for people, so talking about different elements and things that they can integrate into their lives or take away to feel better, so... The format of the show is going to be the first, I don't know, 50 minutes this week-ish okay, right about, yeah. uh, are going to be this week. And then next week, we'll put a little teaser out there. But if you want the full episode of next week, you go to patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast. We will be following that structure for, I don't know, a period of time. So if you want to get the rest of that, patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast, uh, that's it. So I'm excited that's coming up on the show, but... um. Big news in Toronto. This week was the, the the where they shut down the streets. They basically shut down the f- middle of the city for the Sporting Life 10K. I believe it's by mm-hmm. Sporting Life, but it's mm-hmm. a race. <laughs> Annoying people on a Saturday. But they clog up the whole city, and I've got a new slogan.
1: What is it? For Toronto?
0: Because I, I went on the streetcar, which I try not to do, but I went on the streetcar. <laughs> And I saw them there with their, you know, they always have those like, um, after they run, they always give them those blankets of people when they get off spaceships. They're oh, the like, silver those, like ones. The, what is that? Bro, I never got that. It's that like a- I think maybe the sun... Does it warm you up faster? No, it's it's something that they use on i uh, the International Space Station too. Like it's something I don't know. It's good for you. Anyway, so they're always riding on right. the streetcar. Listen, I've done these races before. Whatever, it's nice. It's something to work towards. But let's be honest about joggers. They're kind of annoying people. A lot of joggers are very <laughs> annoying. They're they're self important. They're they're just annoying people. Yeah. They, sometimes they have way too much positive energy And if that's just like w- Coming at you in Starbucks Hey love your shoes Shut up and keep running <laughs> Okay <laughs> Just keep moving there's another group called the Midnight Runners. Shivam wants to join them. They're in Bro, Toronto. Yeah. Okay, it's, it's cool. Oh my god, you run. It's a group. I'm all for that. It's a community. Good. That's lacking right now. Good. Good. I'm all for this stuff. But yeah. they run with basically holding little speakers, and it's all synced yeah. up, different songs, and they make noises. And you know, like if you're walking with your dog late at night, they, they Midnight Runners. Midnight. <laughs> literally, they are running, and they. It's like it's like a pack of. Wild boars, yeah, the screen coming behind <laughs> you with Tiesto coming down the street, and they're just so. whoa yeah, midnight runners, we're running at midnight. It's midnight, we're running. Woo! <laughs> this is the people that Shiva wants to hang out with. The they are, are annoying people. Them. They just are annoying people. Certain groups of people are annoying. It's like I've talked about curling, the sport curling. Not impressed. It's housekeeping on ice. <laughs> it's stupid. Next, <laughs> truly, it's ha- hurry hard. Shut up! Why are you yelling? And the crowds, uh, really, the average look of the crowd is about a five point eight out of ten. It just this has been my experience with the curling community and dating a curler. But anyways, the slogan that I want for um, the city for the for this no this the the race the race okay okay ready because okay f- just remember you have to get the context here right. they shut down the whole city. Right? The downtown core. People can't move so because they, they can't run in the woods, God fucking <laughs> forbid, where it's actually nicer and there's probably more oxygen from the plants. They would like to run in the, in the downtown core, <laughs> the environment, which isn't even the environment. It's just like trash, people doing fentanyl, stuff like that. So they want to run through that. Okay. So the saying is, uh, Sporting Life 10K, come for the gridlock. Stay for the camel toe. (laughs) Ladies, I don't know how that works. I don't know how you cover that up. I don't know how you cover that up, ladies, but something needs to start going there. It can't look like two little, you know, gherkin sausages in your Lululemon yoga pants. Okay? I don't want to see your lips. It's a lot of lip. I don't know if I don't know how this works. I don't know how you get rid of the lip. I don't know how you cover it up. I honestly don't know. I don't know if your mom takes you into the bathroom when you're, fifteen, and says no one wants to see your vagina lips. Is how you're going to cover them up in your pants. I don't know. But some people don't appear to know that lesson. It's a lot of lip on the streetcar after you've just run ten k. There's something about the ten k that engorges your vagina lips, and then I get on, and I'm like, ugh. Like, I'm not looking at John. at the men's crotches, but that's a different (laughs) discussion. All right. The point is, you know what we're doing around there. Leave the camel toes alone, bro. Come on. And I'm sure some guys are like, yeah, I love when I see chicks with the camel toe. But it's like, (laughs) it's a lot in the Lululemon after you just ran the race. Something about it engorges and then sweat. And I just, I get on there and it's like camel toe, camel toe, camel toe, camel toe, camel toe, camel toe. (laughs) with pieces of like <laughs> aluminum foil wrapped around them bro
1: there's some probably some guy masturbating to this right now
0: <laughs> if i had like an insane amount of cash like i was just cuz cuz this is the problem if you know like the the things i'm working on and where i want to get myself financially is like i'm like a problem like if i if yeah. i get money i'll like just there will be part of me that will just do stupid things you know right. buy a $3000 red light machine but that's for my health <laughs> that's your judgement investment but i would get a billboard and be like sporting life like i would get like it looked official right right on the Gardner expressway as people drive into the city and just like this weekend sporting life 10k uh stay for the or come for the gridlock stay for the camel toe (laughs) and then like i do like it's gonna be one of those billboards where something pops above it you know those ones and it's just a camel oh my god (laughs) get those lips out of here Try to take this Streetcar to Starbucks.
1: Just camera hooves coming up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, anyway, so the other thing I did, so I did that, and then I went to uh, the Hot Dogs Festival, Hot Docs Festival. Documentaries. And uh, that was, I saw one that was Who's Afraid of Nathan Law, which is really good, and uh, one of the producers got up and basically told every person in the room that the country's compromised, and... China interfered with our elections, which is true. And they set up police stations in Toronto, which is true. And he just, like, told the crowd. And I'm like, oh, these people are... You know, people are looking mm-hmm. at him like he had, like, a third eye. He said BlackRock. I got an erection. I was like... <laughs> "I," But I knew he wasn't Canadian. Like, I just knew because he had that, like, American energy. Right. That just can take over a room. Confidence. So I saw that. And then you guys should read the story of Nathan Law. It's really, really interesting. He's a young kid who led the Hong Kong protests. And then he's also in a festival, um, you know, because I I looked through most of the movies and I was like, oof, you know, it's just Mm. like so woke. But some of them are cool and he's in there and he's up for, you know, you can vote for the best documentary and then one of the other docs. So you have this kid who like, you know, led the Hong Kong protest. He hasn't seen his family. He had to leave Hong Kong. He's basically banned from there. The Chinese government wants him. He's just like fearless. And then he's up for best doc against a documentary about, uh, again... Stop saying Toronto has no culture. I'm about to give you a good example of how deep it goes. You keep your mouth shut about this city that I love. <laughs> <laughs> <It's a> doc- <laughs> Why are you love it? There was a documentary about, uh, it was a local documentary, and it was a bunch of women, and man, this is privilege. Get ready. Their struggle, so you got Nathan Law, right? He's basically like, he lost it all. Protest. Put it all on the line. High stakes, right? Mm-hmm. And then the documentary, the other documentary was about these two women, and they've done a documentary because because uh, of all the economic progress in Toronto and all the buildings growing up. Um, they're having mental problems because it's it's loud. All right. So what an insult to put that in the same pamphlet as this kid who's a fucking hero. It, there's just so much privilege and capitalism, It's but it's
1: loud. So I think we should do a
0: documentary about that. I wanted to go because I was like, this would be a good comedy, like yeah like just these idiots who just like buy everything through slave labor around the world their clothes their phone everything and it just but while all that's happening and the kids in the cobalt lines mines it's loud get the cameras it's loud get (laughs) me. Get get, get getting close get to get this tear i only slept six hours last night that was that was the other documentary and i was like and and to see nathan law and, and what he's gone through you guys check that out who's afraid of nathan law i'm sure you can find it online like so incredible, and actually, you know, I never really understood the argument for. I grew up in Canada, so I never really understand the argument for guns in America. I don't understand why Americans were so crazy about guns. And then, you know, take someone to kind of open your mind and explain to you. And the answer is, they don't want the state to have a monopoly on violence, because in the past, when the state has a monopoly on violence, Pol pot, different different people. Uh, Hitler took some guns. They believe that you know, if the state gets tyrannical, they don't have a way to defend themselves. And I never really understood that. And then I watched a documentary and you see the Chinese government going haywire on these kids, just police brutality, like you cannot believe. And then at one point the Chinese government hires a bunch of goons. So basically gets in bed with the mob, uses taxpayer dollars to hire the mob. And all these young guys come out with uh, unidentified, like they're just in white shirts and they just start taking pieces of metal and beating the shit out of all the Chinese citizens that are protesting. And that's the argument when people say, like, well, the state wouldn't pull that shit if we had 300 million guns. So then when they talk about it, it's like there's like a revisionist history. So I I kind of like really after I came out of that, that was you know many things that came out of that. But I was like, oh, I kind of get what they mean Hmm. when the state has a monopoly on violence. Like, I kind of get what they mean and why people don't want to give up their guns. And I, 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 I start to, but it takes someone to open your mind. Anyways, the great thing about the Hot Dogs Festival is that if you have to take a shit, you can st- you can leave at the beginning of the land acknowledgement, and by the time you get done taking the shit, washing your hands, you can scroll Instagram and Twitter, maybe read a book, order your groceries, clean your balls, get back. And the land acknowledgement will still be going (laughs)
1: on.
0: It was just, it is the most hollow bullshit ever. I will take your land acknowledgement as you hand the land back to the people. Okay? You don't take people's land. And everyone, by the way, history, blah, 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 people took people's land. That's how it worked. But you don't take someone's land and be like, I know I took your land. Like I'm gonna do a acknowledgement and tell you that I recognize that I took your land. Are you gonna give it back to me? No, no hell no. We're not gonna do that. <laughs> we're not gonna give you back that land. We just put a five million dollar condo on it. You're fuck off. Oh but gosh. and then they do it, and then I knew that I needed to check in with my immigration lawyer because uh, one of the lines was um, uh, that they'd like to acknowledge that the land is governed by the Dish and Spoon Treaty.
1: What? I said, what?
0: The God. Dish and Spoon Treaty. I came back after I, I jogged around the block. Dish
1: and Spoon Treaty.
0: Yeah, it was like by the end of the acknowledgement, because it starts, it was, you know, the pages. Yeah. It was literally multiple pages. Like, I called my mom. I started a new <laughs> business. <laughs> I got back just in time for <laughs> And we acknowledged a- that this land <laughs> is governed by the Dish and Spoon Treaty. And I said, well, how are we doing, Zoe? <laughs> how are we doing with that application? <laughs> Unbelievable. Oh, man. Unbelievable. Fuck. <laughs> okay, anyways, we'll get into some more stuff next week. Uh, the intro for Nick. This is a longer episode, so we're not going to go too long. But So, if you want to tune in next Friday for the full episode, patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast. We'll put a little teaser on the main stream so you can hear a little bit of that. Um, and I'll talk about some things for part the beginning of part two of The Holistic Nick. Uh, including... Well, I'll give you a little teaser. <laughs> um, my person that does my waxing, my regular, not my, my non-regular person, mm-hmm. she burned her eyeballs with the sun. What? It is one of the craziest stories because it, Shivam always explains to me that like I'm at a certain level. and I can't really say that, but like, it's, you know, it's kind of, yeah. Say it. No, just like no Say baby. It's lonely at the top. No, I'm Aww. kidding. <laughs> no, no, but just like Shivam always explains like like, you know, like there's there's an average person out there and, and this and and they believe this and they don't even know this or they don't even know this basic thing. Mm-hmm. And this story that I will tell next week on the show is really a great example of where some people are operating at. This woman that burned her eyeballs from the sun. So we'll get into that next week. It has a whole other part to it, blah, 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 because, of course, I inquired further. Mm. I was like, oh, really? How did you do that? And then we'll get into it. So here's part one with The Holistic Nick. Follow him on all social media. You can reach out to him. If you have any health problems, you can book some time with him. I really encourage you to, even if it's not with Nick, look into this stuff. Have an open mind. And we threw a lot at people in the interview, especially if you listen to both parts. And I have a, a ebook coming out called The Freedom Blueprint. Probably will be coming out within two weeks. I, I've done about 90% of it. It's being edited. So there's more in there, and, and we'll give you more information on that. But just go into it with an uh, open mind. And it's a lot to take in, a lot of this stuff. But like anything, just start with one thing. If you're feeling kind of shitty, maybe you get rid of seed oils. Maybe you filter your water. Maybe the next week you switch to an all-natural shampoo, deodorant. Just chip away at it. And the worst that can happen is, you know, it doesn't immediately fix your issues but you don't know what your issue is so it's just like that's how i say to people just like just take this seriously you can wash your fruits and vegetables apple cider vinegar stuff like that take take it seriously and i think what we get at in the interview is you don't know how how good you could feel Hmm. and i and i'm proof of that so think about that check out paul saladino as well on youtube which kind of reiterates a lot of this stuff so here is part one with the holistic nick enjoy I wanted to say one last thing before they go Oh, on. shit. What? Can you guys also follow us on Instagram? Uh, because it helps us get guests like Nick and other people who are like amazing. So if you have like more followers, uh, more people would come. So please just give a follow on Unmentionable Podcast on Instagram. Do it. Here's Nick. Welcome back to the show. We're here with The Holistic Nick on all platforms. Nick, are you on TikTok?
1: uh i am i don't post there very often but i am
0: (laughs) i i I was saying on the show that i one of my friends i've never been on it but i saw one of my friends just open the app and it was like he was being electrocuted with images like Uh you just see how that app is so incredibly addictive to people like they they turn into just these zombies when they're obviously people are like that with instagram scrolling but i notice on tiktok particularly it's like their brain is like going haywire almost. Because the algo is so good, that's why. Yeah, nasty. So yeah, exactly. So um, I talked about in a previous episode that I I have seen various people pop up on the internet that have, let's not say cured their, their chronic illness, but dealt with their chronic, chronic illness where it's in remission, they're off medication for other chronic illnesses besides ulcerative colitis. And then I saw Nick tweet probably a month ago uh, at The Holistic Nick, if you want to follow him. And he tweeted talking about his journey from being diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is an inflammatory bowel disease. You can give it a Google. Some, it's sort of similar to Crohn's disease. And then getting to a point where he was off medication, fully functional. Uh, and I thought, wow, that really sounds exactly like me. And it was exactly probably within two weeks of when I had realized, oh, my God, it's been eight months since I had any symptoms of ulcerative colitis. So I reached out to you to come on the podcast and I want to talk about, you know, what you know, what you teach people. But why don't you go into a little bit of uh, your diagnosis and uh, sort of the years after you were diagnosed?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah. So I guess growing up, I was what I would consider what most people consider healthy. Like I never had any serious health issues. Um, Looking back, it kind of felt like I was always like playing life on the highest difficulty. Like I always felt more tired than other people. I felt like I just didn't have the endurance. I never really thought anything of it. Um, So I just kind of ignored it, went on with life, went through, got to college and went through that phase of like drinking and partying. Um, Those things all got worse. So again, just kind of put it off, got a job in finance. I was working like super stressful, long hours, and all these issues got worse. It got to the point where one day my symptoms were just the worst I had ever had. So I went to the emergency room, ended up getting diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And at the time it was like, I would have periods where these symptoms would get really bad and then they would go away. So I kind of just ignored it for a while. um, And it got much, much worse. So I went back to my doctor, started taking medication, started focusing on like cleaning up my diet, drinking a little bit less, like all the things I, my doctor was telling me to do got a little bit better but it was basically like three years of just feeling like I was spinning my wheels. Like I wasn't truly healing. I was feeling a little bit better, but I still felt pretty terrible. Um, and so, yeah, I kind of just got to the point after like three years of that, where I was tired of like these doctors saying, try this, try that. And it just wasn't working. So I kind of like took control of things myself, started doing my own research, you know, thinking of different diets outside of the ones they were telling me about, got pretty deep into like the biohacking rabbit holes, tried a bunch of new different things. Um, and it it finally started to work. Like I was, instead of just focusing on my diet and taking medication, I was focusing on like the holistic aspect of all these things and how different aspects of my health played into my gut health. Um, and then it finally started to click. I finally felt like I was healing. Um, and so, yeah, I've been off medication in remission for about three years now. Um, you know, kind of like your situation, no signs of this disease at all. So, uh, it's been a, Long journey, but it's been a good one.
0: Do you think there was a, a moment where your brain kind of broke? Because to go and take in the kind of information that you and I took in, it requires a level of high trade openness. I've talked about this on the show. Is that I, That's one of the things I encourage uh, in people, whether it's the media, whatever the things I talk about. It's just like be open to ideas. Some of them are ridiculous, flat earth, etc. But in general, be open to ideas and try to think about the programming you've been put through in your life. And I was listening to Asim Malhotra. Is that he pronounced it on Rogan? And he was talking about one of the blocks with COVID with people, and they were why they were complying when everything was so whack was because it wasn't intellectual. There's a psychological block in some people, and like a functional denialism, where they couldn't possibly think that the uh, medical industry, pharmaceutical industry, really cares about treatment over cure. They couldn't really think that um, there's not a lot of money and in integrity. They couldn't think that the clinical trials could be fucked with. And then eventually they just sort of like put their hand up. And again, I've been this person. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm perfect. But you put your hand up and you go like, oh, all those people are wacky. All those holistic people are wacky. I grew up, my parents were both doctors. I was told the holistic people were wacky. Uh, did you have to get over a block in your mind to start to take in this alternative information and think like, why, why would my body be attacking itself?
1: yeah for sure i so like i said it was like three years of just listening to my doctors and i I was kind of the same way like growing up and i like obviously doctors you know there are good doctors out there they do great things but it was always like i just listened to whatever my doctor said and you know whatever diet recommendation they gave or whatever supplement they gave was going to be the best one because they were doctors and so it, it honestly it took me about two years of just like hitting my head against the wall to realize like these mainstream traditional approaches to health just don't work and it was even outside of like just the medication stuff uh, with like diet things and and lifestyle and why sleep is important why you should be getting sunlight like all of these things i had to honestly i had to unlearn more than i had to learn to get to the point where i was like finally healing because i was just so set in my ways and my parents, everybody that I grew up with, that was just how you did things. Um, do you so yeah, it ease was-
0: into conversations with people? I try that. I like kind of test the waters. If I go like, you know, you shouldn't really be wearing sunscreen. I do things like that. And then they, I see if they bite my head off. And then I just pull yeah. back. But some people, you know, if they're open-minded, you can sort of get past that first layer and say like, well, you know, have you thought about this? You thought about this? But I'm sure when you were telling people what you were going to do and the routes you were going to go and how you weren't getting better, that some of them were like... I don't think the answers are in the holistic space.
1: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It, it, unfortunately it has like a terrible connotation. Like you were saying, just anything like holistic, everybody just thinks like it's woo woo. Like it's not going to work. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, I I get into that habit like I see somebody using sunscreen or somebody's like drinking out of a plastic water bottle and I just want to like first thing I want to do is like run up to them and say please stop. Yeah yeah, you got to ease into it for sure. Yeah
0: certain people just don't want to they just immediately put the block up and they don't because I think it's if you start to unravel a lot of this neoliberal programming and all the general programming we have if you then realize that you've been lied to like I always say to my mom like how do I start to tell someone that 70 to 80 percent of what they believe is a lie it's a threat to your ego right it's your it's your identity so if it's like i thought all these things were true and this is who i am and this is what i believe who am i and it's sort of like that ego death that people experience and you see them immediately they have this like resistance that kicks in and then I'm, i'm like you i just don't push further but you can you can pick up an energy with certain people when you talk to them about holistic health or just like all the other things i talk about in the conspiracy ish world you can pick up an energy and sort of see if it's there and i've had to get better at reading people to sort of be like oh, who you know who would be who would be open to this idea because um, it's tough i mean i don't blame people they have, they have kids they have a million things going on they don't have time to jump into all the things we have but um you know it's just it's just an interesting phenomenon in people. Like I I was talking to several people about it anyway. So uh, when when you were on medication, like how be- how intense were the medications? What kind of medications were you on? This this part's just for me because I just want to be able to compare. So we have a special bond. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I so I never went on like any of the biologics or anything like that. Um, my the doctor that I was going to was thankfully. I guess I, I went to multiple different doctors. The first doctor that diagnosed me wanted me to get on like biologics and all of these medicines right away. And I just kind of, like I said, ignored it for a while. The second doctor I went to was more of a conservative approach. So he put me on, it was called mesalamine. It was like, it usually doesn't have many side effects, um, but it is pretty helpful with like you see Crohn's and diseases like that. So that's what I went on. I was actually on like a high deductible uh, health insurance plan at the time. So I was paying for colonoscopies, uh, I had like CT scans, all these things done. I was paying for all of that out of pocket uh, and the salami was pretty expensive. So I actually only took that for about a month. Um, I saw a little bit of improvement from it, but it wasn't like enough where it was like, wow, this is really working. So I was paying all this money for something that I didn't feel like help, was helping a lot. So I only took that for like a month and then just started focusing on diet, um, like solely diet after that.
0: When you say diet, I mean, you said you were eating pretty well, and I can say the same. I was also eating pretty well. What did you yeah. need to fine tune?
1: So, I mean, I, I ate what I think most people would consider healthy at the time, but I was still eating like some, you know, processed foods and like a balanced diet of lots of vegetables, grains, stuff like that. And when I started, I mean, my doctor at first just told me, like, stop eating red meat, stop eating fatty foods. Oh, like went down that r- route route. Right. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's what I was doing at first, just listening to their advice, like less red meat, less fat, more vegetables, uh, things like rice and stuff like that is kind of what I started with.
0: And do you feel like all the vegetables were making it worse because all the fiber?
1: Yeah, it, it took me a while to realize that. Um, and then once I started like digging into it and just like I know you said you had found Paul Saladino and he talks about like the defense chemicals and, and the fiber and the stuff in there. Um, so yeah, I, once I started cutting those out, I immediately, I felt like almost hundred percent better.
0: So did you do like a pure carnivore elimination and then add other things? Cause I know some people when they do elimination, they try to go, okay, they'll go like all meat and then they'll go like, okay, I'm going to add each food back one by one and study if I react to this. And then if I do obviously remove it, is that, is that the kind yeah. of approach you took?
1: Yeah, it took me a while to get to that point, Um, but like after those three years of just struggling through it with my doctor, I actually found somebody. I'm not sure if you've seen the the Meat Mafia podcast. They so Brett, who's on that podcast, has ulcerative colitis as well. I actually found his story. He's the one that kind of like gave me the motivation to branch off from my doctor and try other things. He was doing carnivore, so that's why I tried Um, and like I said, Cutting out the vegetables, I felt so much better. So I ended up staying on that diet for like a full year because I was so scared to go back and add things back. But I eventually got to that point where I started adding back like one new food every three days, seeing how I reacted to it. Um, And it was mostly like fruit and honey and dairy at that point.
0: And, And was your aim at that point to try to repopulate the microbiome with good bacteria? Were you sort of doing those two things at the same time?
1: Yeah. So yeah, I was reading a lot about like fermented foods and things like kefir and how there's probiotics in there. Um, and I actually, I start when I like made this shift to doing like carnivore and thinking outside of the box, I started realizing when you have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's or, or issues like that, it can lead to a ton of other problems. So I ended up getting testing done. I had like really bad dysbiosis. I had leaky gut and all these other issues. So when I was like shifting my diet, I was trying to add in more probiotics and more foods like that to kind of rebalance things and heal those other issues. Can you
0: explain to, I know what it is, but can you explain to the audience what leaky gut is? Cause that's another term yeah. that I heard was, uh, what nutjobs jobs say. And then I looked into it and I'm like, seems pretty reasonable. <laughs> <Sounds> <laughs> um,
1: yeah. So it's when the the lining of your gut, normally there's only water and nutrients from like the foods and things you're eating that pass through that and go from your stomach to your bloodstream. When you have leaky gut, um the to not get like nerdy language here it basically just the the tight junctions the things that like keep the lining of your gut in check uh get looser and then you know toxins and like partially digested food and stuff like that starts leaking into your bloodstream so when you have that and you don't know it um these toxins go in your bloodstream they can cause more autoimmune diseases they can cause cancer like all kinds of crazy issues
0: what do you think led to your initial colitis and leaky gut, et cetera? Was there an abuse of antibiotics? Is there anything you can recall around that time? High stress?
1: Yeah, I think it was a lot of those, like the job I was working, I was getting no sleep, uh, stress was just crazy. Drinking like tons of coffee, drinking alcohol. I think all of that played into it. Um, but there was also like nutrient deficiencies. So a lot, like I said, my doctors would tell me like avoid animal food. So. I was really deficient in zinc, which is like one of the really important nutrients for like avoiding leaky gut. Um, so I think it was, it was just a bunch of different things that kind of went into play there. Uh, it's kind of hard to, I wish I could pinpoint it, but it's hard to, um, I also went through not like right before I was diagnosed, but, um, when I was younger and then like middle age, uh, like tons of antibiotics. Every time I got sick, my doctor would just prescribe antibiotics. Yeah.
0: A lot of people, it's the, it's like a, a lot of people also with cancer, they'll have like a really high stress moment. Like both my parents had this crazy uh, combative divorce and then got sick right after. And uh, my situation, which is a really common one, was that I was on the drug Accutane for three rounds. The first two rounds, I was okay-ish. Um, and then the third round was when I got really sick. I was only 18. Uh, but I would go, I would like be eating with my friends and then I would just go to the washroom and shit for like an hour and a half and just crazy weight was dropping. I couldn't figure it out. Um, and then a couple times you like look down and the whole toilets blood. Um, oh, and then you go for, you know, you go for the test. They tell you it's ulcerative class. You don't even know what the hell that is, but my mom was crying. So I knew it was bad. She's a GP. And, um, there are different re- reasons that can kind of like, you know, knock it off. Like, for example, I, I was like you, I had periods where it would, you know, it's ebbs and flows. Right. I went like three years, no medication was still boozing like crazy and didn't, didn't get sick at all. It was like, I didn't even have the disease, but then I went to South America about, I don't know, was it a year ago, maybe, mm-hmm. um, crazy seed oils, boozing it up. And then like, you know, it's like a, it's like a runaway train. It's one of these diseases where like once it's left the station to start to slow down the train again takes so long. And um, I was basically, yeah, I was probably two months away from surgery. I had a doctor that was like, yeah, we don't really have answers for you. You can try biologics, but like honestly, we should just cut out a uh, foot of your colon. And that was when I had the moment like you, where I started going on the Internet. And I think what kicked it off, the main impetus for me logically was just like, Does this disease exist in places where they have healthier microbiomes, like the tribes in Venezuela we've talked about on the show? Um, Is this something that's other places? Because when you look at these places where people just, you know, eat meat, fruit, vegetables, live in the wilderness, they don't have things like acid reflux, the idea that it's normal that your body would just burp up acid, or ulcerative colitis, the idea that it's normal that your colon would have these sores and your body would be attacking itself. And that's what kicked me off this whole journey, not just to treat all sort of colitis, but to sort of just become healthier was just going back to the basics. And I think that's like a lot of what you and people on Twitter sort of advocate is like, what I'm saying is not that extreme. I'm just trying to get back to the basics. Uh, and that's, and, and to, to a lot of people, they're like, <laughs> you know, I'm like, go to the grocery store and like those main like 10 aisles in the middle, just like don't buy anything from that <laughs> and you're fine. And people think you're crazy just to think that you're not going to go have the, you know, the red 40 dyes and the seed oils and all that stuff. You're the crazy person for not doing that. And I think when that clicks in your head, you know, and I I was getting better and I was feeling better, but I think when, when that part kind of clicked in my head, I was like, this isn't like why it's such, it's so inverted that, that we're weird for not wanting to introduce toxins in our body on a daily basis. And, uh, And it's like it's been flipped, the whole system. The whole pharma system has to just, like, program people into this.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I, I think it's been going on for so long. And it's just been years and years and years of people, like, normalizing, eating synthetic foods and just poisoning themselves without even knowing it. And also just, like, the amount of advertising that goes into all these, like, personal care products and processed foods and stuff, they just convince people every day you see an advertisement about some kind of like medicine or or some kind of processed food or something like that. So people just think it's normal. Um, But yeah, once you see,
0: yeah, the average girl puts uh, over 30 products a day uh, into her body, like in between the beauty products and that doesn't take into account all the household products and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, Did you go down a crazy, did you have a crazy, like, cause, cause with this stuff, if you, you know, you can get basically autistic with it. And I, and I have kind of been like that for a while. Did you have a crazy moment where you almost felt yourself getting a little too obsessive? Because I think what I can relate to is the fact that, like, you know, cancer patients talk about this, but it's like I live every day so scared that I'm going to go back to the horror that I lived in. Not just the physical part, you know, like the depression that came with it. My gut was so fucked up everything i am so scared to go back to that time because i feel like i've been giving a se- second life that i've become obsessive and i do you find yourself going there and how do you kind of fight that urge to just constantly be because you can't escape it you're going to go to a restaurant they're going to have seed oils like you're, you can't escape the plastics and this and that but how do you stop yourself from going down that route of driving yourself frankly crazy
1: yeah it's it's difficult i definitely i definitely go through periods of that i had like for the first year of it i was i was crazy with it like every single person i saw i was basically just going on like a rant about why you need to do this <laughs> or do that yeah um but well, yeah what, i mean perc- i still go sorry through to this. interrupt
0: you but what percentage of those people would be open like what would be receptive to new information
1: i'd say less than 10 percent <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. sounds yeah. about right Sorry, yeah. keep going. I, I interrupted you.
1: No, you're good. Yeah. I, I still have those periods where it'll be like, I'll catch myself just being super neurotic about these things. But the the thing that I realize is like when I go through those periods and I'm just so stressed about like, if I'm going to travel, I would get so stressed about it and it would end up causing issues. Like I'd have symptoms come back or something like that. So it just reminds me like I have to kind of keep it in check. It's always good to be on top of the stuff and be like passionate about it. But when it goes too far, I start to notice it like kind of swinging back in the other direction and ends up hurting me.
0: What what uh, what made you want to do that? Did you do this full time now? Cause I know you mentioned you left finance where you just burnt out and that was also causing you stress or do you want to help people?
1: Yeah, it was, it was definitely both of those. So like I'd mentioned earlier, Brett, uh, Ender was really helpful for me, just like seeing him and other people's stories going through this themselves and learning from their own experience um, was honestly like the biggest thing that helped me the most. So when I got to that point where I healed and I felt like I had learned so much, I wanted to kind of start doing that myself. So I started helping like friends and friends of friends and just like giving them advice to kind of help with their issues, started posting online. And I just realized like how many people there are out there that are in this situation. They, it just becomes like normalized, like waking up every day and suffering is what most people see as like a normal life. So yeah, I, I just, I was helping as many people as possible, but it just, I didn't have enough time. Um, and then also like, I didn't like my career. It was just so high stress was not enjoyable. Um, so yeah, I made the decision to just kind of switch over, quit my job and start focusing on this full time and try to help as many people as possible.
0: So if someone contacts you and they're, they're like me, you know, I have uh, ulcerative colitis, I have Crohn's disease, even I just have IBS and where where do you start with them what are the biggest culprits for the average person that has gastrointestinal
1: issues i think for most people it's it's all about like inputs and outputs like the inputs are the biggest thing so like most people's diets are a mess they're not exercising they're not getting good sleep their stress is just out of control so before you can even think about like healing or trying to fix these issues you have to like fix the inputs if you're just going to keep doing the same stuff you're never going to heal That's usually where I start with people is just like auditing their diet, their lifestyle and figuring out like what are some of the low hanging fruit you can kind of focus on first. And then from there, you can kind of like get more granular with it, figure out like what tests should you take to figure out what you're dealing with? What are these real issues? And then kind of go deeper from there.
0: Do you, is your house chemical free? Did you do the like, yeah. You're like me. I'm crazy. So, by the way, fiance, we're not crazy. I'm just like trying to be. I can hear other people saying yeah. this. So you like, oh, go, you use a shampoo bar." I'm like, "What the fuck do you use? Do you even know what's in that?" Like,
1: sorry, I'm defensive. Go ahead. I uh, yeah. I have like I don't use laundry detergent anymore. I use like the vinegar. Uh, same thing with like dish soap and stuff like that. My fiance is. I'm slowly converting her over to this side of like the greener side of things, but she's not there yet so i'd say my house is like 90 uh toxin free
0: so what do you use to clean
1: so like for dishes and stuff like that i'll use like baking soda or vinegar um and then yeah like laundry detergent same thing uh vinegar cleaning surfaces and stuff with that um i actually like toothpaste i started making my own so i use like Coconut oil, eggshell powder, uh, some essential oils and like baking soda. Um, So I'm like, I'd say like every week I'm finding a new way to kind of eliminate something else.
0: Did you find that when you, in my experience, you know, you get to the point where you heal the, the, your health, your physical health for a while. And I found like the last step of all this was when I eliminated all the chemicals because I used to get these like anxiety attacks where it felt like almost when you go over the roller coaster, like my stomach would drop. And I still had those, even when my colitis was going like three, four, five months, fine. I was still getting that. And then the final step when I just eliminated, I mean, I, I would say, yeah, I would say pretty much almost all chemicals are gone. Uh, I noticed my anxiety started to go away. Those drops, I never got them again. And I think about all this stuff because I talk to people who have worked in this business for 30, 40 years, and it's um, a lot of these trials of these products for women, they're going to hate this. But it's, like, what it really consists of. They'll come up with a brand-new cream, and it's, like... He was trying to explain to me that, like, ingredient A could be approved, right? Like, it still might fuck up your microbiome, just just like soaps do, but it it might be approved, and they haven't been able to make a connection in 30, 40 years that it causes cancer. But then they, they take ingredient B, and they approve ingredient B, but they don't approve or really look into how those two ingredients interact. It's like, you know, baking soda vinegar. They mix... You have a reaction. And he told me that basically a lot of these trials for women's products, beauty products, all this kind of stuff, is it really consists of we 28 women for 60 days took the cream and none of them got a rash. And now it's on the market and millions of people use it. And that's what they used to do. And the other one they'll do with cosmetic products is it's very hard to get a new drug approved. So in Health Canada, they'll say, ah, it's a new drug. We can't. We can't put that out there. So all they do is they just put it in a cosmetic it's like the workaround. Mm. So you see these women now, they slather their faces with these stem cell creams. And by women, I used to have one. Um, I'm half woman. Uh, It was baby dick was the cream. So I I used to, I used to put this cream. It actually was, by the way, it was actually like incredible. Like baby dick is number one for treating skin. But this person explained to me that like, that gets approved very quickly and it's you know it's stem cells and it's like has this been tested long term you know what it's really doing a lot of these things is increasing cellular division which can lead to cancer but people think that someone's there's some governing body that hasn't been captured yet hopefully that's looking out for them and making sure that this new cream that came out is safe and and that and there's not many guardrails. so you know they do a small trial could cause cancer and then all of a sudden You know, I'm slathering the baby dick on my face and people do this with so many products that I got so freaked out the more and more I I was digging into sunscreen. I was digging into all these things, talking to these people that I was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm out. And once I did it, I swear to God, my mental health just got to that final echelon. It just clicked. And but you're right. Like people think you're off probably because you make your own products. Like I'm sure people in your life go like, what are you, Amish?
1: (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah, hundred yeah, yeah. <laughs> percent. I, I agree. It's, uh, it's crazy, man. It's crazy how much these things impact you in ways you just wouldn't even imagine. Um, that's like another, another example is, uh, there's a, I'm not sure if you've seen Van man who makes like yeah, I personal his, care products. I have
0: his, um, I have his deodorant, which is great. And, uh, cause my deodorant was, uh, is, was just, uh, rubbing alcohol and essential oils. And I would just spritz it on. Cause that's all you're smelling is just bacteria. Right. But mm-hmm. I got his stuff and I got his tooth uh, Paste stuff. I bought it yeah. from him. It's good stuff.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I like his stuff a lot. But yeah, you're you're exactly right. It's it's pretty crazy. Once you get to that point, it's just like, it's hard to pinpoint which thing it is because like everything is, is toxic. But when you eliminate all those things and like tap water and stuff like that, you just it's like that last piece that you need to kind of get over that home.
0: Why? I know why. But can you explain to people why they have to filter their... I filter my shower water now too. Um, but can you explain to people why they should invest even in just like i use zero water just like a basic one i want to get a reverse osmosis but you know once i move i will but can you explain to people why they should filter their tap water and shower water
1: i wish i had it right in front of me but i saw a tweet the other day it was like they did a small sample of tap water and they found parasites in there they found bacteria in there um there was like prescription drugs in there like birth control i think was in there ssri's um yeah that's yeah, like just crazy 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 things it's obvious it's different like where you're located in the world some places are better than others but generally speaking like anytime you drink that you could just be nuking your microbiome like your overall health and it's just it's terrible yeah i i just bought the uh the sh- shower filter too that was long overdue and i i don't I wouldn't say I noticed like a crazy, crazy difference, but I have felt like my skin is just like smoother and more hydrated and like just feels much better after doing that.
0: Yeah. Well, it's like when you like, that's what I advocate for. I I have a shampoo bar and conditioner bar and like I used to have itchy scalp. Like I used to always constantly be scratching my head. And uh, ever since I switched to that, it just wasn't a thing anymore. And I think that it's like what I've said to Shivy on the show. It's like, what is shampoo? It's like, Remove the oils and the structure and the and microbiome that's already set up. Like that, I think this is what this all goes back to. It's like just well, it's, leave it alone. It's it's an incredible system, but it's delicate. You set off this, it's going to set off this, and uh, it is. I, I truly like I say to people, and I know this stuff is also like it can sound classes because some of this stuff is quite expensive. But I I say to people, you know, even just giving up booze for a month, let's say, just try it for thirty days. Just try and – there are incredible substitutes out there for people. I use this detergent called Nellie's. Um, I use an all-natural, like, dishwasher detergent. It's just as good as the one that I was using before. I, I actually don't even notice a difference. And I just say to people, like, just invest an extra, like, 30 bucks this month on on this stuff. Do it for 30 days and, and tell me how you feel. And it, it it's nuts. Like, I – again, like, your your skin is the best when you just don't touch it. You see so many people, they wash their face with these products. They have alcohol in them. They have like, you know, they're destroying their the structure of their face. And most people that have great skin, you ask them what they do and they say nothing.
1: Yeah. I think it's there there's two pieces that I think some people just look at it the wrong way. Like they see some of these things definitely are more expensive, but For the longest time, I just looked at them as like, that's more expenses. And when you start realizing, like you do these things, you feel so much better. It's not an expense. It's an investment. Like you spend $30 more a week or month or whatever it is, and you feel a hundred percent better than you normally do. You're thinking clear. You have more energy. It's definitely worth it. Um, I think a lot of people like, like you were saying, cutting out the alcohol, if you cut out these things that are probably making your situation worse, you can find that money easily.
0: Yeah. You, yeah, mine was totally... I was in denial for a long time. I was like, I can do this and and it'll be <laughs> fine, but it's toxic for your body. I think seed oils for me is where I started initially with Paul. I was like, okay, no seed oils. I would cook with butter, and then I kind of branched out. But I, I kept it... It was like you. I kept it simple, and that's what people should do is just go down to basics if you want to do all beef and just introduce and see. And, and random things might... Uh, piss you like like you know if I like I don't, I used to have wine and then I would the sulfates would drive me insane like I wouldn't almost like it was an upper I wouldn't be able to sleep and I didn't figure that out for I don't know 30 <laughs> 32 years 33 years I couldn't figure that out but once you figure it out you're like okay no sulfites um, and there's all kind of tests people can do and stuff like that is there anything that you tried that you did for a really long time you know a certain supplement a certain food a certain routine And then you were like, "Eh, let me iterate on that. Or that was a waste of time or that had a deleterious effect on my health.
1: Yeah, there was, there's definitely, so I did like fasting for a while. Um, that I saw a ton of improvement in my inflammation from my colitis. Um, there are tons of benefits from it, but if you do anything too much, it becomes, it goes the opposite direction. So I like fasting for too long can cause like hormonal issues and Cortisol levels will spike. So I got to the point where I was like waking up every night in the middle of the night and I would just be wide awake. Cause like my cortisol was just spiking in the middle of the night. Um, so I ran into issues with that. There's some other supplements like ashwagandha is one that like helps with, you know, stress and like making you relax and things like that. I started looking online and like people that were taking it and there's people having issues that, like blunts your emotions, um, your body's like ability to react to things and stuff like that. So got a little bit scared from that. Um, but there was all kinds of like diets. I tried, I tried basically every diet you can think of out there, like low fat diet. i never went like vegan or anything like that, but I did like eat a lot of plant foods for a while and that just had terrible, terrible effects on me. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it was once I kind of started doing my own thing and doing my own research and figuring things out and just testing them out myself, like you were saying, like, just give it a week and see how it goes. Once I started doing that, everything, like, finally started to click and, you know, felt like I was actually feeling.
0: What are the worst offenders for people? Because I know, uh, you know, spinach high in the oxalates. Uh, I think it's nuts high in phytic acid. But I saw you post about broccoli and kale. Uh, and you were talking about one of the anti-nutrients, which are these defense chemicals the plants have to protect themselves against predators. One of them was sulforaphane, was one of yeah. the ingredients. So, you know, all you hear from people, it's like the, the PR on kale is fantastic. Like all you hear from people is like, I just need to have kale, I just need to have kale. And I like, for me, it makes me feel like disgusting. Like I, I can't even touch it. but people that overload on these things and they take in too much of the anti-nutrients like the sulforaphane in the broccoli and kale, like what can that do to a person's body over time?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's difficult. There's been some studies done on this type of stuff. So there are like, if you have small amounts of these things, they actually can be beneficial. So like anti-inflammatory, um, they can help like fight off cancer cells and stuff like that. But, one of the things i found in like digging into paul saladino's stuff a lot is like sulforaphane specifically um those positives from it don't come until it does damage to your body so like when you're eating these things the sulforaphane your body thinks it's like harming it so it starts sending uh glutathione and all these other things at it to try to get it out of your body and prevent the damage but it can lead to like cell death. It can uh, actually cause cancer. It can deplete your body of nutrients. Um, there's just all kinds of downsides to it. I think like you're saying, when you hear of like pale, you hear of broccoli or just vegetables in general, like growing up, you're told that's what you have to eat. If you want to be healthy, you need to eat vegetables. So people just load up on these things and you they build up in your body, like oxalates build up in your body and cause kidney stones, all kinds of issues. Um, but yeah, it, it's hard to say which ones are the worst. I think cruciferous vegetables are definitely um, one of the worst offenders. I think a lot of people have issues like when they yeah, eat them, they I, just I kind of, I, I can't, yeah, they, yeah, they just ignore it because it's like, what? Well, this is healthy, so like, I must well, just. It's I don't like know.
0: I think it's like you think this is just my life, and I'm just supposed to be leaving a restaurant and feeling bloated and my legs kind of, you know, muscle pains and just kind of like a fog. And that's just my life. And that's just people go through these ebbs and flows. And I think once you remove yourself from it, you have a new reference point. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like now is I just don't really I don't get sick that often, but I just don't really f- and especially with someone for someone with a with a chronic bowel disease, is like I don't really feel off. I don't really fall asleep after dinner like certain people when they binge on the carbs and have the glycemic crash. I don't I don't have those experiences anymore I just I just feel good and I feel functional um, but I don't think peop- many people know how good they could feel over time um, so hit up Nick Nick if you want coaching or whatever he's gonna <laughs> offer for you what are um, d- now my, I've changed what I've changed is I used to take about 14 supplements a day a lot of them were related to improving uh, my colitis so I was taking uh, glycine glutamine um, I was um, And again, again, it's like these things go back and forth because then they say like high glutamine could cause cancer. So it's like everything is push and pull, right? But I was taking glycine. I was taking uh, glutamine. uh, I was taking um, beef colostrum, which I still kind of do. And one of the things I noticed from all these supplements I was taking is and why I backed off from a lot of them is just that there's a lot of quality control issues. A lot of people talk about like, you know, fish oils, you get your fish oils, but like it's been in a truck for like three months and it's not really what it is anymore by the time it gets to you and it's leaching plastic, et cetera. So I kind of backed off on supplements. Is that something that you did yourself over time is that you kind of realized that there were specific suppliers that were much better than others or that it was just better to get it from organic food?
1: yeah definitely both of those so i think that that's what's hard i always get people to ask like which supplement should i take or like what's the best brand to take and like you're saying they change their formulation so often it's really hard like some of them are like third third party tested and like transparent about where they get all their stuff from but most of them aren't so it's really hard to like just openly give recommendations about that stuff um but yeah i think generally speaking getting it from your diet is the best so like most magnesium supplements magnesium glycinate i think it comes in like 500 milligram supplements but if you eat a food that has like a fourth of that at the end of the day you might actually be absorbing more from that food than you are from the supplement that has like three times or four times as much as that just because it's bioavailability is like the ability of your body to absorb those nutrients um so i think those are like the, the two keys there and also like if you take supplements for too long you know it can have negative effects like your body can become dependent on them it can lead to other issues like you were saying with the glutamine leading to cancer things like that so i think short term like if you're super deficient or you know if you're just not absorbing certain nutrients well supplementation makes sense in a lot of cases but it's just like a short-term tool and not kind of like a crutch to rely on for health
0: is there a constant vitamin, uh, or mineral that people, I know magnesium, a lot of people are deficient in that, but is there a constant vitamin or mineral that you find when you're treating the people that you treat that they're deficient in? Uh, you know, zinc is another one that comes up, but is there a specific one that across the board you're like, ah, man, so many people, this, this is like the, the linchpin here.
1: A lot of the ones I've been seeing recently. So zinc's a big one. Um, and I, a lot of people try So the, that one's a little bit tricky. Zinc and copper, are like antagonists. So if people have a lot of copper, their zinc goes down. If they have a lot of zinc, their copper goes down. Um, so that's one issue a lot of people have. I take them together. Vitamin I guess D. it like balances it. <laughs> Does
0: it balance it out? If you just take them in the same, like I take it one capsule, that's both.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That or like oysters, like foods. That's the, that's the good thing about foods. Like if you eat oysters, it has both of them in there. So it's like naturally balanced out that way. Um, but. The other ones, I'd say like vitamin D is probably one of the biggest ones um, just because people don't get it enough through their diet. They don't get enough sunlight. Um, But yeah, I think B vitamins, zinc and vitamin D are probably the most common that I see. We're going to take a break there with the holistic Nick on all platforms.
0: Check him out. Part two of this interview where we get into some more mental stuff and some other health tips will be next week on the show exclusively on patreon patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast for the rest of this interview we'll be posting a little teaser next week so you can get a little more uh of it but if you want the full version that's where you got to go patreon.com slash unmentionable podcast you can also download the patreon app p-a-t-r-e-o-n i can be followed on all social media at J Power comedy my book is famous heinous goodbye